Yes and is a mantra that can be applied to every aspect of your life. These two words are ground zero for all creativity. These two words will help you shut down fear. These two words can change your life if you'll let them. Yes, I'm serious. And this podcast is on a mission to show you how. I'm Judy Holler, the host of Yes And. If Dr. Dre and Amy Poehler had a baby, um, that would basically be me. Listen, if you're looking for a no BS approach to life, business, and your mental health, then you are in the right place. So welcome to Yes And, where we smash comfort zones and navigate the unscripted stage of everyday life together. This is a Soul Fire production. You're listening to episode 51 of Yes Sand with Judy Holler. That's me. Hey, hey, Fear Boss. Hi. I am so glad you are here. And damn, this episode officially marks one year of the show. Wow. I mean, I just remember starting this podcast and I was so afraid to start the pod. Uh, Will it be original? How will I produce it? Will anyone listen? How will I keep up? And does the world need another freaking podcast? Well, the answer is yes. And here's why. Uh, Because this podcast this podcast has never been done before. Is podcasting original? No, but am I original? Yeah. Are my stories and my perspective and my swagger on the ideas I DJ out for you original? Fuck yes. So the same goes for you, by the way. Maybe, maybe you find yourself here. Maybe you find yourself uh, waiting for someday. Maybe you find yourself putting off the dream. Maybe you are making excuses for why you can't. And maybe, maybe you are allowing fear to hijack your goals. Listen, the only way to do anything in life is to do something, to start something, because ready is a lie. You will never be or feel ready and perfect is boring. Uh, It's in the doing and failing and trying and winning and then failing again and then trying again that you become a real badass and an OG fear boss. So here we are a year into the podcast, which began, if you're a new listener, it began as the Fear Boss show and evolved into Yes And, uh, which is really inspired the, the two neon words behind me. And these two words are inspired by what I learned in improv theater. They are the core training of what we learn in improv to move forward on stage without a script. And they most certainly have changed my life the most. But yeah, I mean, the name has even evolved. We began with zero downloads and now we have over a hundred K. We began with our first subscriber and our first review and our first episode. So listen, 
everybody starts at zero. Everybody has the first kiss, the first day on the job, the first podcast episode, the first everything. And here's the thing I want to tell you about firsts and starting and Specifically, as I reflect on what I've learned over the the last year, podcasting and beyond, which we're about to get into, yo, you'll never feel ready. (laughs) You will never be able to avoid failure and you will never be able to outrun fear. So why waste your energy trying to? Why not face your fears, trust yourself? and have some fun trying out new things. Because this, this right here is where all the magic happens. So this week, I'm gonna reflect on last year, well, this year, uh, 2020, I'm recording this in 2024, you reflecting on 2020. And I specifically wanna share the five life-changing lessons 2020 has gifted me, has taught me. And I know what you're thinking. What a fucking year, right? Uh, It's been tough and it's been sad and it's been kind of depressing and it certainly shook us up and woke us up. And it's been a little scary, but it's also it's also been magical. So I'm going to reflect here today with you on it all. And I'm going to share a few ideas that have forever changed my life and my business. But first, since it's the podcast's birthday, one year birthday, we got to celebrate. We got to throw a little Fear Boss podcast, yes, and party. And I want to give away a podcast birthday gift to you. So if you are here and you like listening to personal development, same, I'm obsessed with podcasts and maybe, maybe next year I'll do a show on my favorite podcast, but you know, it's always changing as I change and grow. And I bet that is the case for you, but I definitely have some OG podcasts that are like ride or die for me. And I'll go there eventually here on the podcast. But my guess is that if you like listening to podcasts, you probably love listening to audio books as well. And did you know that my best-selling book, Fear Is My Homeboy, is on Audible? We are back on Audible. Long story. We, we were there. We went away for a few months, some issues with the publisher, and now we are back in action. And the book is read by yours truly. And it has this sort of bonus podcast style Q&A at the end of every chapter. And I know you're going to love it. So here's the gift. I want to give 10 of you, 10 of you, a free audible version of my book that you can use for yourself if you've never listened or you can gift it to a fear boss you love. So here's the scoop and disclaimer, it's first come first serve. We're giving away 10 of these. So all you have to do to win is leave a review, leave a review of this podcast on iTunes. When you do, when you do, send me an email at hello at judyholler.com with the proof of that review. And then we'll send you a code to get your free audiobook. Easy freaking breezy. And the first 10 emails we receive will win. Listen, it's been my honor to be here with you for a year, 50 
52 weeks. And I thank you sincerely. My, my hand is on my heart. You know, I thank you for listening, for reviewing, for subscribing, and for sharing with your friends and posting your excitement on Instagram and following along there as well to keep the yes and fear boss party going. Listen, I see them all. And being here with you every week is sincerely one of my favorite things to do. And reading your reviews picks me up when things get hard. And it reminds me why showing up matters. So this show is for you. Happy anniversary and birthday to all of us. And I'm so glad you're here. And don't you worry, I didn't forget about our fear boss of the week. This week, I am shouting out Dream Fitness C Spears, who writes, the energy from this podcast is contagious. I love how real Judy is. Well, thank you. I am actually reading Fears My Homeboy for the second time. Yo, that is awesome. Uh, and it continues to blow my mind. Thank you. And keep pushing out the epic content. So Dream Fitness C Spears, send me a DM with your best mailing address on Instagram or email me at hello at judyholler.com so we can get your Fear Boss swag mag out in the mail to you ASAP. And if you want to be our next Fear Boss of the Week, it's that easy. All you got to do is jump into iTunes, spend 30 seconds, write a review, and maybe just maybe next week, it'll be you. And today, today, the first 10 people that are going to leave a review and jump into my email showing me you did that, get a free audiobook to go with it. Okay, so at this point, I want to jump into the, the five lessons to the content. You know, this year has taught us so much and it's been hard and amazing, all wrapped up into one big bow. And there are five things that have rocked my business, rocked my life and moved me to my core. And I want to share them here with you today in the hopes that they serve you too, as you think about the lessons you've learned this year and more importantly, how you can continue to move forward in 2021 and beyond. So the first lesson, the first lesson that I was reminded of is to pay yourself first. So let's break this down, shall we? Uh, you have to start planning now for a potential shit show. Uh, this is not negative thinking. This is smart thinking. It's brave thinking, and it can save your life and your family and your business. You know, listen, a, a story for you. I used to uh, be a bartender, okay? It was one of my favorite jobs. I bartended from the day, literally, I turned 21, had my 21st birthday hangover, and then literally became a bartender the next day. I grew up in the hospitality business, busting tables, washing dishes, uh, being a hostess, all, all the things, right? And so when I could bartend, I did it. That was like always the goal in my restaurant business career. So I bartended from the day essentially that I turned 21 up until right around when I was 27 years old. I worked full time and still bartended on the side for years because A, it was so much fun and B, that cash money was hard to give up. 
And honestly, I always say about bartending that I really feel like it was the 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 first business I ever ran. I, I feel like it was my first taste at like entrepreneurship uh, because that's how I looked at it as a business. Yes, I technically worked for the owner of the bar, but I always secretly considered it my business when I was behind the bar, especially Friday nights. I was like the Friday night girl and I had this big following and lots of regulars and I grew this following and earned my regulars who tipped me well, by the way, because I showed up. I gave good service and I always had the right vibe because I knew my energy at a young age was my superpower. So I used that to my advantage and to make people feel special. And I did that and do that authentically because it's legit who I am. So that's kind of like bartending 101, but it's also a badass business lesson as well. Uh, I knew that if I brought my A game, right? If I brought that good energy, if I brought that right vibe to the bar uh, every Friday night and beyond, I would keep growing my followers uh, and my following and my regulars would uh, continue to grow and that I'd earn nice money and big tips for investing in that and taking it seriously. You know that 80-20 business rule, right? <laughs> like what is the 20% that produces 80% of your revenues? Uh, I was always thinking about that. Plus, it's a lot harder to earn new business. And it's so much easier to keep existing customers happy. Like the people that love you already love you. So are you loving them back, right? So I was always thinking about that. And it all started behind a bar for me years before I knew I'd be doing any of this or that I'd become an actual entrepreneur. So why am I bringing this up? Because some of my best life and my best business advice came from my favorite set of regulars who at the time were in their 40s and 50s. Their names are Don, Lori, Steve, Mike, and Larry, my OG regulars, probably my favorites. And they would always talk um, about their plans to retire in their 50s. And they lived their winters, you know, I'm from St. Louis. So I bartended in downtown St. Louis in an area called Soulard. And if you're curious, my St. Lunatics, it was Mike and Mans, which is a really hot live blues and jazz bar back in the day. We were kind of like Kyle Coyote ugly before coyote ugly. But yeah, I was bartending in the city of St. Louis and it would get real cold in the winters, like anywhere in the Midwest. And they'd be vacationing in the winters and they took these like annual sailing trips. And I remember thinking like, damn, I want that. You know, I grew up broke. <laughs> I was the first in my family. I am the first in my family to go to and graduate college. Um, no one taught me about money until I met 
my Friday night regulars. Don would always ask me about work, you know, housework, what's going on? How's your career? Because I knew I had these big dreams and these big plans and these big goals for myself. It just hadn't manifested, right? And at the time, I was bartending at night and by day, uh, working in the hotel business and sales and marketing, I had a full-time job at the hotel. So I'd you know, eight to five every day, Monday through Friday at the hotel, sometimes weekends, site visits, things like that. But then I was the Friday night girl. I did Sundays and I did Wednesday nights at Mike and Min's. And anytime I got a raise, the first thing Mike would say to me, he would say, bank that raise, Judy, bank it and pay yourself first. Meaning always took a little bit away for you, not only into a 401k and a retirement plan, but have a holy shit fund and liquid assets that you can draw from in case shit hits the fan because it will. Now, when you're in your 20s, you're thinking, ah, no way, I got plenty of time. But that advice always stuck with me because I wasn't getting it at home or in my day to day life. And They were always reminding me to never wait for someday, never wait to get married or assume that like someone's going to take care of you and that Prince Charming or Princess Charming will rescue you or that you'll be bailed out. And the truth of the matter is that not everybody's lucky enough to have a bailout plan. So it stuck with me. Pay myself. First. So since then, I've done that the best that I could. It was really hard in my like 20s and 30s when money was tight, like my early 30s and my 20s. I mean, that's what you do in your 20s and your 30s. You figure out how to get by, right? But I still did it, even if it was a little bit. And then after the age of 35, I really started like bossing up here, taking a portion of everything I earn and paying myself first, tucking it away. So enter the pandemic and the fact that my entire livelihood, uh, live meetings and events, hello, hit a fucking brick wall. I went from a hundred miles an hour to fucking zero miles an hour in what felt like 24 hours. There was no warning. There was no heads up. No one saw this shit coming. So paying myself first and that mantra and that mindset and the courage to do the hard things required in order to do that has allowed me to weather this storm, not perfectly, but weather it without debilitating fear, without debilitating anxiety and panic. And I feel so grateful for that. So you've got to pay yourself first fear boss, and you have to do it now. The pandemic will end and there will be a vaccine and we'll get back to life. But doomsday will come again. Things go up, things go down. The economy goes up, the economy goes down. Stock markets go up, stock markets go down. So planning for the downturn is really smart and brave and bonus. It makes fear take a backseat. It's you saying yes and, yes, this could happen and here's my plan. And it makes fear take a backseat because you know you got a plan. And it also buys you time to think, to pivot, and to make a plan. Okay, number two, we've got to, you've got to 
diversify your business. This was a massive awakening I had this year. And it really is born out of a conversation and conversations we were starting in my business last year. You got to diversify your business. You cannot put all of your eggs into one basket. And I did an entire podcast episode, by the way, on what I did and how I did that in my business this year. So go listen to episode 45. I share all the different pivots I made to grow revenues in the business during the pandemic. Uh, Because shit, think about it. In March of this year, And I talk about this in the podcast, but in March of this year, I had two revenue streams. Me as a live keynote speaker traveling the world, speaking on stages, right, to thousands of people a year. And number two, my book. And anybody that's in the book business knows that books are profitable for a really long time and you can't bank on that. Uh, So that's where I was in March. And today, today in December of 2020, we've got 10 revenue streams, 10 revenue streams. So I break this all down into uh, podcast episode 45. So go back and listen to that. But we moved really fast and we had been talking about diversification in the business well before COVID. And we started making strategic plans. And I think the fact that I have anxiety and I'm always worried has really helped me plan for holy shit moments, right? Because I'm always thinking about like, oh my God, what could happen? And you know, the world, what if the world blows up and how am I going to be safe and all the things? So these are the conversations that we were having, but it was really after the rise business conference, it was a business conference put on by Rachel Hollis last year in September. Uh, maybe it was in November, but it was late last year. And it really lit a fire under us. I brought Amanda from my team with me and Rachel Hollis stood on that stage and she said, does your business pass the bus test? Meaning if you got hit by a bus, would you still have a business? <laughs> and we did not like our answer to that question she asked us from the stage. So we got to work. You cannot put all of your eggs into one basket ever. To be successful, you have to have options and alternatives so that if one door closes, you can open another one quickly. Figure out what avenues are available to you before someone else figures it out for you. And this even goes for employees. I mean, we all love to think that our favorite employees will never leave us, but it happens. So always be on the lookout for awesome talent and current employees that could fill another position because someone can and will leave, right? So always be on the lookout for good candidates and keep interviewing people and connecting with people and flagging awesome people that align with your company and your brand, even if you don't have an immediate job opening, this helps you uh, weather the shitstorm and plan for doomsday in that area as well. So the bottom line is this, to be successful, you have to have options. So if one door closes, do you have other options, other alternatives? And is there a window you can fucking jump through if a door closes? And we're not always thinking about just 
business doom days, but what about your social media doomsdays? You know, you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket there too. So for example, I love Instagram and I always will love the gram, but Mark Zuckerberg could take down Facebook, could take down Instagram. Does he own Twitter? He could take down Twitter, whatever that guy is running. Think about it. I don't own Instagram. So if it were to go away tomorrow, which we're always thinking about, I can't have all my eggs in the Instagram basket. So we're always thinking about how to build our list, how to um, get our community on all of our social media platforms, hanging out with us on our email list and directing people back to our home base, our website, which is the area and the space that we control. So some things to think about as you diversify your business. But dude, it was a big lesson I learned. Okay, number three, we got to talk about cancel culture. And you know what I say to cancel culture? Fuck cancel culture. So COVID was happening and that was a lot in itself. And then all of a sudden it felt like the internet started World War One with itself and anyone who had the courage to show up and take a stance. I mean, everywhere I turned, people and authors and businesses and brands and creators and influencers and thought leaders. I mean, really anyone with the platform or anyone who had anything to say about anything was being destroyed for their opinions. <laughs> and first of all, disclaimer, you will never, ever, ever, ever hear me talk politics or anything of the like on my platforms. And my silence does not mean shit other than the fact that I have learned that it is never a good idea to talk about politics. Plus, come on, your girl doesn't know half of what's going on in the world because I do my best to block it out. Spoiler alert here. Uh, I don't watch the news, right? I it keeps me sane. Now, this may be bad, but it keeps me sane. And when I was doing improv at Second City in Chicago, I mean, we do a lot of we did a lot of political satire there. And I had to be um, in tune with what was going on in, in the news and in the world, because that was a big part of my job as an improviser. But now I have a different choice and I know enough to be dangerous and uh, I'm OK with that, but not enough to have all the facts. And no matter what I do, no matter what I say, someone's going to be pissed off. Someone's not going to like it. And that's just the reality of the situation. So I focus on my job. And that lesson became really clear to me this year. My job is not to talk about politics or race education or social advocacy. I am always, I am a student. I am always learning myself like you and I love it. I'm soaking everything up. I'm listening. But my job, my real job is to help people of all colors, of all ages, of all races, of all genders face fear and live a braver life. And that, that is something I will never be silent about. I show up every day in that way. And I'm so proud of it. That is how I use my voice. That's how I show up. I DJ out hope and joy and love versus fear and anger and hate because there's plenty of that already, right? I'm not going to pile on to that situation. So what I'm trying to say here is this. You cannot allow other people's opinions of you 
to become your reality. And it sort of becomes creative suicide to shred other people online because you don't like what they create. Change the fucking channel. Move on. That's the beauty of choice. If you don't like something, switch the dial, change the channel. And listen, I have a personal policy. I will never negotiate with troll terrorists. Never. Unless it's a positive conversation, uh, I immediately block and bless all the hate. And the best thing I once heard when it comes to dealing with uh, narcissists and sociopaths is to take the ball away. Take the ball away because they want to fight. They want to get you. They want to bring you down. So take the fucking ball away. Don't engage. Don't fire up. Don't react. Don't get emotional. Don't take it personal. Block and bless. And as long as you are leading with love and you know that in your bones, you're going to be okay. So trust yourself and create things that spread less fear, less hate, less anxiety, and more love, hope, and joy. Okay, I'm going to take a quick pause here in our Fear Boss programming to remind you that uncertain times, speaking of COVID and everything that's happened this year, are what my keynotes were designed for. Improv theater is my background and improv theater has no script yet do we ever? Innovation and the ability to adapt in times of disruption is in my improv DNA. So I use comedy and humor to help you face your fears and fall in love with failure. And for the last decade, I've spoken on stages all around the world and would love to work with you. There is nothing I love more than hearing from a fear boss who wants to bring me into their organization. Oh, and P.S. I can take any one of my keynotes and make it a virtual experience that keeps your team engaged, learning and laughing their way to more courageous actions, both inside and outside of the workplace. So whether it's a live event or a virtual one, let's get braver together. Give me a shout at hello at judyholler.com for pricing and availability. And of course, link in the show notes for all the things. Number four is this idea that 2020 has reminded us all of, and it's this. You are never in control. Uh, and for this type A control freak, that one took me a hot minute to literally let it sink in. And it also took years of improv theater training to really embrace this idea, this mindset, this shift, uh, this courageous decision and awakening that we are, you are never in control. And the global pandemic absolutely was the icing on the cake. You are never in control. None of us, none of us have a script. Now, you may wake up with some plans, a to-do list, some goals, some stuff you'd like to get done, but none of us have a script. Life is improv. Listen, people will leave you, companies will fire you, you'll get 
furloughed. Who would have ever thought, right? You're going to lose people you love. Economies will go up and down. Fuck, pandemics can even shut the world down. But the constant in every one of those scenarios is you, you. And the good news is that there is, there is one thing you can actually control and it is you. It's you. It's how you choose to show up, how you react and what you do next is totally up to you. So the best damn bet you'll ever make is on yourself. So make sure you are investing into the most important asset you own every single day and fear boss that is you. Number five, final tip. I can't believe we're on our final tip. Okay. And this was a little out of left field, but man, it was such a life changer for me this year and a total fear boss move for me this year. And it was that I got my first ever mammogram. So if you have a family history and if you're 40 years and older, this one is for you. If you are putting off that mammogram, your first ever mammogram, because you're nervous, because you're scared, because you're afraid it's going to hurt, all the things, don't do it. I had been putting it off for four years. Why? Because I was so afraid. I was afraid of the result. I was afraid of what could, what was going to happen. I was afraid of how it was going to feel. I was afraid it was going to hurt. I've heard so many horror stories, like all these horrible things. And I was a wreck. I literally was sitting in that waiting room shaking, like feeling like I was going to throw up. And let me tell you something. I did it. I walked through those doors. I walked into that building. I walked into that exam room and I did it. Number one, can I just tell you something? It doesn't hurt for me. Ew. It was nothing. It did not hurt at all. A little bit of a squeeze, nothing you can't handle. And I thank God had um, it come back clean. And I feel so grateful for that. And I have people in my life that hasn't been the case. We've got some fear bosses in our community that have walked through that path this year. And honestly, Junie specifically has been my inspiration to make it happen this year. So I did it the week of Thanksgiving and every Thanksgiving week, I show gratitude for my health by doing all of my year-end doctor's appointments that week leading up to uh, Thanksgiving Eve. So I do all of my annuals. I get everything done to just honor the, the gift of health that I have. And I had been putting off the mammogram for four years. And honestly, I sit here week after week, year after year, preaching to you that you got to be brave, that you've got to boss up, that you got to face your fears. And here I was living a lie. I had been putting off a mammogram because I was afraid. I was allowing fear to make the decision for me. So I had a total fear boss moment. I faced my fears. I got that mammogram. And let me tell you something. I walked out of that building. I hadn't even gotten the results yet, but I felt like I could take over the world. And one of the things I do whenever I have something scary, by the way, well, there's two things I do. Uh, if you have something scary coming up or something scary that you're putting off, number one, invite a friend to the fear party. So I called a friend on the way to the doctor's appointment because I knew she'd lift me up. I brought my beats. I played some hip hop the whole way there. I got my vibe checked. I brought some things with me that inspire me. I had a crystal, whatever it is. I wore uh, clothes 
clothing that inspired me. I wore my courageous uh, sweatshirt. I wore my fear boss, uh, Adidas shoes, all the things, right? So bring a friend to the fear party. Those things help me in really scary situations. Uh, And I write about that in my book. And then the other thing that I do after I complete something scary as I take myself a little victory lap. So I celebrate the courage it takes to do something brave, to check something brave off my list. And I took myself, there was a Whole Foods next door. So I walked into Whole Foods and I bought a good bottle of champagne and something sweet to eat and some of my favorite little treats. And I just sort of had this little afternoon to myself and it was magical. So this is my little mammogram PSA. If you're afraid of it, don't be. It's so easy. Get your booty there. You'll be so, so glad you did. And let me tell you something, you can do hard things. And that's really all confidence and courage is. It is you doing scary things and living to talk about it. It is repeated attempts of doing hard things and living to talk about it, which gives you the confidence to keep doing hard things because you're proving to yourself you can do it and survive and thrive, which is how we keep doing confident and brave things. So it's repeated attempts of crushing it that really helps you build confidence and a brave life. All right, Fear Boss, so there you have it. Five things I've learned this year. Pay yourself first, diversify your business, bet on yourself, see your doctor, and remember that a cheetah, a cheetah never loses sleep over the opinions of sheep. So Fear Boss, I hope you loved this episode as much as I loved making it for you. It has been one hell of a year. It's been tough, but you are tougher. So talk to me. Which one of the five ideas is your favorite? What really hits your heart the most? Let me know by sending me a DM on Instagram or tagging me in any posts you post uh, talking about this episode. And you can always email me at hello at judycaller.com. I love hearing from you. I love seeing your posts and reading your posts. So keep them coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing with your buds. Thank you for all of the reviews. And until next week, keep saying yes and stay brave.